Let us pray. Holy Spirit, pour out upon us wisdom and understanding that being taught by you in Holy Scripture, our hearts and minds may be open to receive all that leads to life and holiness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading is Jonah 3, verse 10, through chapter 4, verse 5. Listen for the word of the Lord. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from punishment. And now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Amen and good morning. The gospel reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Listen for the word of the Lord. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into the vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you what is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, through Christ. Amen. The sermon title this morning is, It's God's Call, It's God's grace. This parable by Jesus seeks to reveal something about the kingdom of heaven, as his parables do. Jesus used it here as a response to a question Peter asked in chapter 19, verse 27, regarding how fair it was for those like him who left everything to follow Christ, and now they would be richly rewarded, and how they would be richly rewarded, including those who came later for his service. Parable is about a landowner who needed workers for his vineyard and went to the marketplace to find men. The first time he went, it was early in the morning, 6 a.m. That was the beginning of the workday that ended at 6 p.m. The landowner and the workers agreed to the usual daily wage, one denarius or a penny. After the agreement, he sent them into the vineyard. 
Seeking more workers, the landowner returned at 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m. to those who had not worked and were standing around, and he sent them into his vineyard. This time, he told them he would pay them what is right. His final return to the marketplace was at 5 p.m., or the 11th hour, with only one hour to work. Time was of the essence. There was no verbal agreement or telling them that he would pay them what is right. He just sent them to the vineyard. The workers were day laborers. They gathered in a central area, the marketplace. They lived paycheck to paycheck, and their living was subsistence living. The hearers of this parable would have understood the workers need to provide for their families, even if they could only work a portion of the day. Those sent into the vineyard late would have expected to have their pay adjusted for the time they worked. I can only imagine the calculations going on in the minds of the early birds for what they would get paid if those who were called at the 11th hour received the usual daily wage. To their bitterness, they received the same pay they had agreed to even though their clothes were more soiled and their fingernails dirtier because they worked during the difficult part of the day in the sweltering heat. Those who came early were angry because the landowner had made them equal to those who had worked about an hour. Envy can make one's heart sour. As humans, we are hardwired to compare ourselves to others. On the positive side, it can motivate us to compete and achieve big dreams. But the negative impact is that we can develop sourness and, uh, and envy toward others. Envy has been described as a wildfire destroying people. Envy is also described as one tree being envious of another, wishing to be an axe. We must be careful not to let our hearts lose sight of God's unmerited generosity. Through the parable, Jesus sought to reveal the power of God's invitation and the benevolence of his grace. The parable could have had several meanings for the hearer. It would bring revelation to the honor that comes with his call and command to serve in the kingdom of heaven. It would be food for thought to the Jews who came to faith in Christ first, not to hold a grudge or to be angry or envious of the Gentile Christians who would come later. It would reveal God's sovereignty of who and when God calls believers to do kingdom work. It communicated that working in the vineyard was about responding to God's invitation and not expecting an earthly reward. All those sent into the vineyard would receive a rich reward, not because they were worthy of their work, but because they belonged to God. Lastly, the parable revealed that God is sovereign, and there was fairness in God's sequential invitations and goodness demonstrated in his actions. The first workers received their pay by due justice. The last workers received their pay by God's grace. As God's chosen, we must trust in the promises of our call to serve, 
giving thanks for his grace and knowing he will sustain us. Are you a grumbling Christian? Are you willing to respond to God's call faithfully? We must first not have false expectations of God. We might say all the right things such as God is good and all the right Christian sayings, but we tend to humanize things and too often find ourselves grumbling in our blessings. When we complain, we turn on others, looking out for only the number one, us. We turn our backs really on Jesus, who calls us to trust God and to love others, especially when things don't seem to go our way. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 2 and following, when God had freed the Israelites from slavery while they were still in the wilderness, the whole congregation complained against Moses and Aaron and wanted to return to Egypt because they did not trust God's plan for them. Their expectations didn't match who God was, Lord over all, and what God could do. We too can have false expectations of God that lead us to anger, jealousy, or envy, tainting our vision of justice and righteousness and how we see others' worth. We must know that we belong to God and should see each other as children of God, equal in his sight, regardless of who we are, the number of years we have served, or our title. Verses 14 and 15 say, I choose to give to the last the same I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Our renewed outlook must be shaped by God's initiative, not our own. As we turn to God, we must celebrate the goodness of God. Everything in the vineyard is not easy pickings. In our song, Psalm 144, which was so beautiful, there's a strong expression of gratitude in the midst of suffering. Verses 6 and 8 in that psalm read, The might of your awesome deeds shall be proclaimed, and I will declare your greatness. They shall celebrate the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. We are called to recognize the goodness of God in our lives. We do this through our worship and service by participating as a liturgist, singing in the choir, ushering, or the many other opportunities to show God our faithfulness in the vineyard. We can also testify to what God has done for us with others, which might encourage their faith. So often we feel like we have to keep the joy of God's grace to ourselves. We should rejoice with others over how prayer has helped us through surgery or difficult times. We should rejoice with others over how God's reconciliation power restored our relationship with a family member or friend or how God's hand of protection and comfort was in our situation when tragedy struck. Perhaps it's by God's grace we wake up every morning with a measure of health 
and strength. I imagine the day laborers hired at the 11th hour would have said, thank you, Lord, for the grace and provisions for receiving more than they expected. As co-workers with Christ, we must also celebrate the goodness of God with others, even amid our difficulties. David sang a song of confidence amid his struggles in Psalm 27, verse 13, when he said, I believe I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We must discern, brothers and sisters, the spirit and find joy in how God is blessing and using others, even right here in the lives of our members at Great's Covenant, which gives us hope for today. We must try to name and give thanks for what God has done, is doing, and will do in our lives and the world. In remembering who Christ is for us, we must live in gratitude, not weariness. In the parable, when the laborer failed to see the fairness in their pay, they lost their appreciation for being called early into the vineyard. The workers complained in verse 12, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. Folks can get heartburn and grow weary when people show up late to set up for an event after most of the work is done and receive credit and recognition for a job well done. Seeing the same faces do the heavy lifting in the church can also be discouraging because it can feel like the spirit is not moving in our community. I submit instead of getting frustrated, we must remember Christ's mighty works and show gratitude for God's invitation to serve. In gratitude, we should invite our family and friends into spaces where God is moving. Gratitude is more than a state of being. It is a choice, and it should inspire us into action. In his book, Gratitude Works, psychologist Robert Emmons draws a connection between gratitude and remembering. He says it is in remembering that we find joy and can live in the freedom of Christ. Isaiah says it this way in 4031, but those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Friends, when we live in the gratitude of God, weariness will not win out. Brothers and sisters in Christ, each of us, as the body of Christ, has been lovingly called into God's vineyard to do kingdom work until the full kingdom comes. Like those who were called first and agreed to go into the vineyard, we must be willing to do the hard and glorious work of planting and harvesting the fruit of righteousness in due season. If we are late bloomers to the field, there is good work still to be done, and we must know that God's grace is still sufficient. As believers in Christ, whether we are called early or late, we must be willing to be on one accord with Christ, knowing that we will be paid what is right and receive the full benefits of his love, forgiveness, 
and eternal life through him, both now and forever. Let us marvel at God's generosity who came to us. Let us serve in the boldness of the cross. Let us bless others in the victory of his resurrection. As God's chosen, let us respond faithfully to Jesus' call to serve and bear witness to his name, knowing that we are walking in his amazing grace. To God be the glory. Amen.